don't think there's any greater moment for all of us than the moment that we encountered God in such a way that he became real. We knew that we knew in our hearts that Christ gave his life for us on the cross. And that, w- that is exactly what we need for eternal life. There's nothing greater to remember in our lives than that moment. If you've not had that moment in life, today could be your opportunity to have that moment. To have that encounter with Christ. To put faith in him because he is the only way to have eternal life. The Bible says in John 3.16, which we all know so, so well, that God loved the world, so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 uh, reflects upon uh, calling us to remembrance, God calling the children of Israel to remembrance. And therefore, as the Bible says, these were all given for our insamples or our examples to follow. So as we go to verse 1 and read together, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone but lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord your garments did not wear out on you nor did your foot swell these 40 years you should know in your heart that as a man uh, chastens his son so the Lord your God chastens you Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and hills, and the land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, And when your uh, herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that uh, great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions uh, in in the thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of a flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and they might test you and do good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and might and and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. Here, verse 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power, gives you power, King James is rolling out there, gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. The reason God gives you the power to get wealth is so that he can establish his covenant through you as witnesses in the land. Can you say amen? 
that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day, then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. I would say God puts great weight in remembering him, wouldn't you? And say he puts a, a weighty presence upon his word. Remember what that doxa glory is? Everybody remember the word doxa? Right? It's kind of where we get the, the king. He has a signet ring and he doxes those. When he sends a letter and he seals it, he puts that ring on it and he puts the weight, the doxa upon that and seals that image into that uh, molten wax. The same as we, see we're the molten wax upon the message of Christ that the doxa glory of God, he'll seal that upon us. We're to be witnesses of that. We're to herald. See, then the letter would be given to what? It'd be given to a herald. And what would he do? He would take that message for those it would, it, that it was intended for. We are the witnesses. We are the herald that God puts his glory on so that his message is carried to those that it was intended for. Can you say amen in the house? So, uh, looking into the book of Deuteronomy a little bit further, uh, it was a law. It was the law. It was called the Pentateuch, and it was a part of the Pentateuch. The first five books of the Bible, if you will. The name Deuteronomy means spoken twice. Pretty simple, huh? The law had already been given, but Deuteronomy comes along, and Deuteronomy, the law is given the second time. So, it simply means spoken twice. <clears throat> In the scriptures or in theology, that's known as double annunciation. When Saul, if you will, of Tarsus was on the road to Damascus, when he was on that road and he was going to persecute Christians and Jesus appeared to him, he said what? Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He speaks by himself. God speaks and then he speaks again because there is no one who can speak for God the way that God speaks for himself. But the double annunciation puts his seal upon it. I am that I am. <laughs> he could have just said, I am. And he did many times. But it comes along to a point when people are questioning him that he throws out a, I am that I am. He throws the double annunciation on it. Deuteronomy is double annunciation of the commandments of the Lord. Uh, Deuteronomy does not offer Israel a new law, if you will, but it gives a reminder of the established law of God. <clears throat> this verse commands Israel to do exactly what the entire book does. Deuteronomy is a book about remembrance. Sixteen times in Deuteronomy, the word remember or remembrance appears. Furthermore, these words are in some tense in your Bible 320 times. Deuteronomy, a book about remembrance, but the whole book is a book, the whole Bible is a book of remembrance. The whole Bible is the story of God to bring to our remembrance who he is, what he's called us to, and what he's done for us. Amen? Listen to this. Much of the work of Scripture is to get us to remember and consider <laughs> today dedicating Selah. That word, to consider, is also a word, remember. Remember, consider what God has done and call it to remembrance. For the moment that you're in each and every day the steadfast love of the lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning i say that a lot because we are to think on these things 
the psalmist many times through the, through the psalms would declare at the end of a psalm, right? He would finish it and he would say, Selah, think about it. Meditate upon this. Let it become part of who you are. See, God sends pastors, preachers, saints, and his word into this earth to call us to remembrance. There are times of trials, heartbreak, pain. The children of Israel went through the, through the wilderness and went through those times. And during those times, what would they do? When they were hungry, where would they turn? Now, they complained a lot. I know none of you do that. All of us complain, right? Are you all with me this morning? Is this too serious of a message? I think it's a good day to be serious. Memorial Day, we'll go have fun, but it's a day to be serious. It's a day to reflect upon what others have done for us. God's word is a story that is telling us all that he has done for us. I mean, we ought to take it serious so that we can enjoy it. See, I enjoy my freedom, but I understand that somebody paid the price so that I can have it. When you think of our founding fathers and you think of the price that they paid so that we could have freedom, it's a serious thing that they gave our lives to secure freedom for us. But oh, what a joy it is that we have freedom in this nation. Amen? It's a serious thing that Christ came and he died upon the cross. It's a serious thing when we read through the book of Deuteronomy and we see the law of God that we fall so short of and then reflect back and what a joy it is that Jesus paid the price so that we can have freedom and we can walk in that relationship with God. By his grace, we are able to enter in through faith according to Romans chapter 5. <laughs> through the Bible, there are more instances of calling us to remembrance than I could ever cover today. But I would like to tackle a few of them. And you have your notes there. You can fill these things in in your, in your blanks. So the first thing is I'd like us to call to remembrance or remember the land of Egypt. Remember the land of Egypt. In this book of Deuteronomy, the children of Israel were commanded to remember the land of Egypt. Deuteronomy 5.15 And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there by the mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Can one of you gentlemen try to get the air conditioner on please? Honor your father and mother. Verse 16, honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land which your God is giving you. 17, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, his male servant, his female servant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that is in your neighbor's possession there's a lot of that that goes on in america wouldn't you agree something that i think the lord our god calls us to account on moses called to their remembrance the suffering of slavery and the oppressive hand of pharaoh he reminded them how god rescued them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm it serves as a reminder to the believer of a time when we too was enslaved and oppressed by sin but the Lord sent deliverance for us all. He sent freedom for us all through the sacrifice of his son. Ephesians 2, 11, 13 calls us to recognize this. It says, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision 
by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hand. That at uh, that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the, the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. How horrible is that? But watch this. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. What a joy it is. To be in the kingdom of God. What a joy it is to have the sacrifice of Christ take the place. And pay the price we could not pay. You know at Daniel's graduation yesterday. And I have to touch on this. Jeremiah was trying to convince me that we need to invite this guy in. And, and have him speak here. Now he was joking. But I didn't think it was a very funny joke. The teacher that spoke on behalf of the students yesterday, he spent uh, the first 10 minutes talking about himself and how parents have called him a fascist and everything else. And, and, and it, it was kind of one of those things where he was highly disappointed that, that folks don't uh, give him more accolades for you know, all the work he does. And we're thinking, man, I mean, is this about you or is it about the students? And then he shifts gears and starts talking to the students about, you will die alone. No one will be there. You will be all alone. You won't achieve great success. Matter of fact, most people will never know anything of you. We're thinking, wow, that's inspiring. <laughs> I mean, that makes the kids want to get up and leave this room and go, man, I'm going to go conquer the world. You know? I understand where he was going with it. The problem is, and he referred to himself as a cynic. And he said one of the things that he had told his students, all of his students, one of the greatest things you can do is get a dog, and even two, because no one will be with you, you will die alone. Like, that's probably why you're alone, dude. You're probably alone because I, I just don't know too many people that are going to, you'll die alone. It's like, I'm going to hang out with you, man. Right? And we're sitting here listening to this, and I'm just like, Wow. Here's the amazing thing. When I die, I won't even die. My death, if you will, will be swallowed up by life, according to the book of Colossians. And he took a few shots at, you know, you know, respect what other people believe. If you have beliefs, respect what other people believe. And you could just tell that the folks that have been hardest on him are the faith community. Probably because, as he said from the podium himself, is that, you know, I've had the last four years to brainwash you. And your parents have been upset with me and so on and so forth. And I don't think that's what we're meant to do. He talked about teaching them to think for themselves. Well, fine, teach them to think for themselves. Let them find the freedom that Christ came to bring for them and let them think for themselves. You understand? You know, freedom of this nation, the way it was established, if you think about it, was based upon the faith. It was based upon scripture. Scripture has been used when I think about serving in the military and all the training that I got in the military. And I look at my Bible. It's like I'm going through training in the military and reading my Bible and training, Bible, training. Bi I'm like, man, all this stuff is in the Bible in one form or another. I love our nation. I'm glad it was founded upon God's scriptures. I hope that we as a country do not return to the slavery that we were in before. I hope we don't return to a, a, uh, a, a godless, powerless religion for our country 
and we turn from the grace ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth that no matter how much knowledge you gain if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ Jesus what does it matter it is that personal relationship with Christ that matters most it's what the Word of God refers to from Genesis to Revelation God made provision for us the second thing remember the lost love remember the lost love in Revelation Jesus spoke of the church at Ephesus he says nevertheless I have this against you that you have left your first love watch this remember therefore from where you have fallen repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent repentance is an everyday thing for me now some of you look at me a little with a little bit of shock on your face and please don't do that here's why you need it in your life too I love my wife I love my kids I love my friends I love the people of Colorado Springs except for when I'm driving and somebody cuts me off or you know Laura was chatting with me on the phone yesterday sitting in a stoplight and a guy like dink right into her <laughs> you drive around here man some people drive crazy you know what I'm saying and it can start to rob your salvation you start to think bad about people and then you think that just doesn't sound like Jesus it's like you jerk oh wait that Jesus probably wouldn't do that you know Lord I, I repent you know I got to go to Larry the cable guy on this one you know what I'm saying hey <laughs> now I don't like you know, he's got some crude humor so I don't like watching him but I do like this one thing I've heard him say a lot Lord forgive me for that right there we need to exercise a little bit of that in our life a little bit of that repentance that brings us to that place of keeping our first love hot remaining passionate for God in our hearts amen see this world will distract you you remember how you felt when uh, you were delivered from your Egypt when you first came out of your sin and God came into your heart you, you, you invited him in you gave your life to Christ you recognized it was his work and not yours and the joy that you had the weight that was lifted off of you and how quickly we can enter back into that place where we start getting weighted down by the cares of the world once again Hmm. Remember the loaves. Number three, remember the loaves. In Matthew 14, Jesus feeds 5,000 men plus women and children with five loaves and two fishes. He had 12 baskets of scraps when he was done. Hmm. In Matthew 15, he feeds 4,000 with seven loaves and a few fish and took seven baskets of scraps up. In Matthew 16, Jesus loads on the ships with his apostles and tells them to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees and of Herod. He spoke of the doctrine of these groups of men, but the apostles did not understand. It's kind of like one of these. You know how the apostles would be hanging out with Jesus and he's teaching everybody? And, and they're all hanging out right there. I'm sure they was just kind of going, amen, amen, amen. And you read a little bit further, and all of a sudden they go to another place. Hey, let's uh, go off. We're getting on the boat. And they go over to this other place, and they set, you know, it's like, is it just us, guy? Okay. Jesus, what do you mean by that? <laughs> How often do we say amen, amen, amen? And we don't figure out what God is actually saying. But you can go to his word, and you can go to your knees in prayer. Say, what do you mean by this, Lord? And, and not just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. There's nothing greater than putting the word in application in our life. 
living it out, not just hearing it, not just quoting it, not just telling somebody else about it, but actually living it out. Francis of Assisi is right. Love him. Here's what he said. Preach the gospel. And if necessary, use words. Let your life be the greatest preaching of the gospel that there could ever be to those that encounter you. Amen. In Matthew 16, 9 through 10. Do you not under, yet understand, neither remember the five loaves or the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves or the 4,000 and how many baskets you took up? He told them to remember the loaves at that point. Remember the loaves. Said about man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the father. Watch this. Jesus takes natural bread because he understands the heavenly bread, that heavenly manna, that what is it? That manifest, it just, it just happened, it just manifested, right? He takes that heavenly bread, and what does he do? He thanks the Father. Thank the Father for where you're at, and ask him to lead you into greater, amen? Thank him for where you're at, but ask him to continually lead you into greater. And don't live by bread alone, don't live by earthly bread alone, not what you can get. Don't, don't take uh, any consideration for what you wear, or what you're going to eat, Consider the lilies of the valley, Jesus said. How they neither toil nor spin. They don't get worked up about things. They know that God, they're going, God's taking care of them. The birds of the air, right? Don't consider those things, but more so consider God in your life. And eat of the heavenly bread. Eat of the word of God. Draw upon the spirit of God and let him bring that to life within you. The word becomes flesh. Within you. Christ is in you, right? Isn't that the hope of glory? As I said earlier, that if you let Christ begin <laughs> to take on your flesh and live your life, let him live out of you, to give him place above all else in your life, then what happens is, is you start to look a little more like Jesus. I shared this a long time ago. It was a time when, when Angie and I was almost... We were on the verge of divorce, right? I hate sharing this story, but I know folks face challenges in life. And so testimony is the greatest thing. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, his sacrifice, and the word of our testimony. And I remember we were on the verge of divorce. I'm mean. She's not so mean. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Don't leave me hanging. Amen. We've all messed up. I remember years back when that happened. And I will never forget when God finally convicted me and I finally repented. And I went to her and I said, would you forgive me? And she looked at me and I had never seen nor felt. I had sensed God's grace and I had seen in his word his love for me and it changed my life. But when I reverted back to those things of the world, I will never forget the moment that I looked in her eyes and when she said, honey, I've already forgiven you. It wasn't something she had to do. It was something she was living. And when she looked at me and she said that, I sensed that Christ was speaking through her. Her life was a reflection of him, see. And I saw Christ with flesh on. And it changed me. Overnight, turned me a 180, and I was done with going my own way concerning our marriage. Can you say amen? In Mark 6.52, they were astonished 
and doubted concerning the claiming of the sea, call, excuse me, calming of the sea, because they considered not the miracle of the loaves. If you have a need that seems to uh, be too big, consider the loaves. Remember the loaves that Jesus is more than able to work in your situation. Amen. Uh, fourth, remember Lot's wife. Listen to this. These words of Christ are recorded in Luke 17, 32. It was a call to remember how sin took her attention from the things of God to the things of the world. Remember how sin ravaged her family. Remember how she journeyed up to the mountain, fleeing the wrath of God of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he was pouring out upon Sodom and Gomorrah. They were fleeing that. And all of a sudden, you remember how she turned in lust, disobedience, rebellion, and the longing of the days of their sinful pleasure in Sodom. And she was turned into a pillar of salt. Remember Lot's wife. Remember this. Sin costs a lot, but it never pays you. Sin costs you a lot, but it never pays you. And five, remember Lazarus. Luke 16 <coughs> tells us Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus died and was carried off to the paradise, but the rich man died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted his eyes in torment in the flames. He called for mercy from Abraham. Here's Abraham's response. Son, remember. It was, son, remember when you on the earth, you had plenty. You were blessed, right? And you didn't consider the things of God. You didn't walk the ways of God. That's why you're where you're at. And you consider Lazarus. The, dog came and, the dogs came and licked his sores. He was lame. He couldn't take care of himself. Consider him. And see, he was carried to paradise because his heart was set in the right place. It takes us right back to what God says in Deuteronomy 8. Lest you increase and you think that your riches, that your hands, that you've gained all of this and you forget the Lord. But remember the Lord your God. Amen? He calls us to remember. <clears throat> we don't want to have a hard time remembering that story because here's the deal. If you have a hard time remembering things here, in hell, people never stop burning. And they never forget. There's not one soul on the face of this planet. Not one. That has not had the opportunity that Christ has been presented to them. Here's how I know this. Because God has declared that the end will not come until this gospel is preached to all the world. Now we either say that God's a liar or God's able to accomplish that. It's like, well, what if somebody doesn't, you know, go over there? Have you heard stories about people that Jesus just appeared to and they came to Christ and then they begin to witness to all around them? God is able. Amen. He is able to accomplish his word because his Bible or the Bible says this, that he sent his word out into the earth and it won't return to him void. It will accomplish that which he sent it out for and it will be preached even if he's got to raise somebody up over here so that they can begin to preach. Amen. And I believe that. Some people, what about the people that are in those countries and they don't know, will they go to hell? People are always looking for the loophole. They're always looking for that moment back in the Garden of Eden where, where, where Satan put that thought in mankind's heart. Hath God said? They always want to invoke mankind to question God on whether he's capable of doing what he said that he would do. And I tell you this, I trust him. I trust him. I trust his word. And I trust that he's more than able to do what he said he would do. The word of God also says this. God is not a man that he should lie. 
God's not a liar. Satan's a liar, but God's not a liar. And our greatest pursuit should be to remember him, to follow his commands. Pastor, are you telling us that we're under the law? No, I'm not telling you you're under the law. <clears throat> not the law as Old Testament establishes it, but you are under the perfect law of liberty. You can do all things, but not all things are expedient for you. To follow Christ is the greatest thing you could ever do, to follow his commands. To declare your love for him is to follow his commands. He's the one that said it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Can you say amen, saints? So in conclusion, right, I'm going to say, Selah. Say it with me, Selah. Think about it. The land of Egypt reminds us of God's deliverance from sin. I'll say that again because you might be filling that in. The land of Egypt reminds us of God's deliverance from sin. The lost love reminds us that this world and its cares will distract us from serving God. This world and its cares will distract us from serving God. The loaves, they call us to faith in God's miraculous provision. They call us to trust that he, what he has promised he will perform. Lot's wife reminds us that sin has a price. Its cost is immensely. Its cost is more than we can bear. It costs a lot. It never, ever pays. Lazarus, remember Lazarus, is to remember him and the rich man, that they remind us that eternity waits for us all. Are you prepared to meet God? Because eternity waits for us all. The day we stand before the judgment throne, the judgment seat of Christ, most people get perturbed with, what do you mean Jesus is going to judge me? The world gets all huffed up about that Jesus is going to judge. That's who he is. He's sitting on the throne now and awaits that day when we'll all stand before him and give an account for our life. How we lived it, what we did with it, how we treated others and how we were towards God. All I know, and as I have said I don't even know. I've lost count how many times I've said this one. I want to hear one simple sentence. Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. That's, that's all I'm looking for. So right now, right here, Lord, let your word correct me. Right now, right here, Lord, let other believers correct me. Right now, right here, Lord, let preachers correct me. Right now, right here, Lord, let your Holy Spirit correct me, instruct me, and guide me into truth so that I live my life in honor, in honor of someone who gave their life for me while I was a sinner, that he came and he died on that cross. I didn't deserve it. He did it because of his love. You didn't deserve it. He did it because he loves you. Amen? Stand your feet with me if you would. If you need prayer, as I pray, if you need uh, or would like an elder to pray for you, I'm going to ask the altar team to go ahead and come to the front. And if you need prayer, you just come on out and let them pray for you. And maybe you're in that place you've not, you never came out of Egypt, you never came out of sin, if you will, and today you want to come out of that and give your life to Christ. Maybe you've lost your first love. Maybe you've fallen away from the Lord. And you'd like to rededicate your life to the Lord today. You can do that. Maybe you've 
found yourself all bound up by the cares of this world and you just don't know how to get out of the hole that you're in. Well, I know God knows how to get you out of there, even if he's got to make a few loaves multiply on your behalf. I don't know how he'll do that, but I know he's capable of doing that. Maybe you're in that place of where you, you left sin, you, you turned away from that, but like Lot's wife, you kind of look back on, man, I really kind of like sin. Sin's fun for a season, but afterwards, right, it produces death. Don't be like Lot's wife who ended up dead, a pillar of salt. Come up, get some prayer. And then finally, you know, don't be like Lazarus. Don't be that person that continues to go your own way. You can't allow the Lord to just break in and bring you into his grace. Don't spend eternity in hell looking up, longing for why did I not go that direction. Make that decision today to follow Christ. So if you just come forward, if you need prayer, uh, I'm going to pray corporately right now. And then as uh, and Lola, just continue to play so the elders can pray over folks. Father, I thank you for every person in here today. And Lord, I pray your blessings upon them. I thank you again for all of our graduates. I thank you, Father, for Selah. Lord, I thank you for the family and friends that we have. But Lord, most of all, I pray that our relationship with you, Father, that it would take precedence, God, that pursuit of your word in our lives would take precedence. And the Lord, we would lay off all those weights as the scripture declares in Hebrews that we'd lay aside every weight and sin that besets us or keeps us back from pursuing you, God, living for you. I pray today, God, we'd shed all those weights. We'd shed all those sins in Jesus' mighty name. And I pray your blessings, Lord, on everybody as they go today. Memorial weekend, Father, bless their times together with family, their barbecues, their laughter, Lord God, the stories that will be told. But Father, before we go from here today, I pray for anyone that would need uh, further prayer, healing, Father, blessing, that they would come up and they would receive ministry in Jesus' mighty name. If that's you, just go ahead and get out. Come on up here and let them pray for you.